things cannot be long hidden. The sun, the moon, and the truth. So tonight, the truth is going to be unfiltered and full of flavor. Please welcome Dana McCool and Eric Ramundo, bringing you the smoking truth. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday. Thank you all for coming to another show of the smoking truth. Uh, As you all can see. Our uh, co- my co-host today is uh, Mark Barker from Barker's View, as many of you out there know. Thank you, Eric. Uh, no problem. Uh, Dana's out this week. Uh, she's having some fun, and I don't want to say where, but she's having some fun. Good for her. Yeah, so much much needed fun for Absolutely. her. Absolutely. I just told her I got off the um, phone with her a little bit ago. She wished us luck for today. Right. And uh, anyway, so she's over there and I said, listen, have all the fun you need. Uh, come back in one piece, please. That's uh, right. And because uh, I'll, I'll miss you. So <laughs> Dana has a certain, uh, brings a certain presence and character to the show. She does. So. <laughs> she does indeed. Uh, anyway, so Mark, before we get started here, um, I want to get some uh, housekeeping stuff out of the way. Um, don't forget, everyone, that, you know, every Tuesday, the uh, podcast, you know, and then the YouTube videos drop. So you can k- check us out on YouTube. Please, please smash the like button, subscribe. I know there's plenty of folks out there. There's no reason why you're not subscribed. You know me and Dana. Our goal is to try to entertain, but you know, kind of set the record straight where we can. That's why it's called the Smoking Truth. We have our Twitter at True Smoking. We have uh, the Smoking Truth podcast on Facebook. We have our Patreon. We're on all the major podcasts. So there you go. There's no reason why you can't catch us. If you can't watch while you're driving, right? <laughs> listen to the YouTube. And if it's better to be on the podcast, then go to Spotify, Podbean, Apple, whatever you want to do. So there you go, folks. That's where we are at. Uh, anyway, so Mark, now that's all out of the way. Uh, how's your week been? So far, so good. Yeah? Yeah. All right, all right. So, uh, you know, I'm retired now, so uh, kind of every day is Friday. Which yeah. Is, uh, yeah. I, I bet it is. But, I, I want to be you, man. Yeah, I tell well, you. <laughs> you know, I tell you, it's got its ups and downs. And, I, you know, I tell people, retirement is great for about six weeks, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went 100 miles an hour for 30 years uh, on a very active police department. And then they have a really nice party for you. You turn in all your stuff, and then the phone calls stop, the the emails kind of dry up and you're on your own. You know? that, and, I, uh, so. I listen, my, my dad tells me all the time. My dad reminds me that he's going to work probably until the day he dies right. in some capacity. Right. So it's just the nature of who he is. Um, but I told him, I tell him all the time, pop, you got to enjoy the se- He's in kind of semi-retirement mode. Right. And I remind him that you got to try to enjoy as best you can. So he is trying to my mom, but it's just, he gets that thing and he'll go out. So my, bro- my brother, and my dad have a construction company. Um, they're building contractors. And so he'll go out and consult with my brother and do whatever. He just got to be in the field. He sure. has to be with the guy, with the contractors. He's got to be out there doing his thing. Right. So, you know, um, this is probably a whole nother uh, podcast. But yeah. uh, I'm the poster boy for the coming uh, public retirement crisis. You know, and uh, it will I, be. I am uh, probably the last guy, uh, certainly of uh, the newer generation of police officers that will ever enjoy the kind of uh, retirement. That, I'll tell you uh, that what, I, I I'll tell enjoy, you what, so. no, 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 I get, it. I'll tell you what, we should save that for, so you and I had a conversation. I don't want to say yes, too much sure. prior to the show right? about who we thought should be on the yes. show in the future. And I'll, I'll talk it over with Dana. And I would think having this individual on with you, me and Dana, I think, so. Oh man, it's going to get crazy. I and think I think so. it'd be a lot That's of fun right. and a lot of back yep. and forth. So we'll, uh, I'll, I'll follow up with, cause I, th- he's also involved in that world yes. and it's something we can definitely, we talk about i i gotta get with dana because that may end up being like an uh, an hour and a half so i gotta talk be. to the production crew uh right. for mike and mike productions i gotta let them know <laughs> we may have to extend this one a That's little bit right. longer um right. so we'll go from there uh, i also you know, want to give it's topical too because yeah. the city of deltona is 
in a pitched battle with their fire department over their negotiations mm. right now. So yeah, it uh, I think it's uh, would be very top. I've to had these conversations. Listen, I've had these conversations before, even at Tallahassee level, um, about the uh, some of the union issues and and, and and pension issues and so forth. It, uh, listen, I am not. Uh, before we get into some of the stuff in Volusia County, I will tell you, Mark, that I am one that has seen. Um, over the years, our FRS system yes. is still the best. I, th I think one of the best in the country I, still I, I run. So. Um, but I also understand where we're at. I think we're probably at 85, 86% uh, fully funded. Right. I know we, uh, there was a point where we were 100%. Uh, I, th I do believe it's a mix of two things. Uh, number one, one is which the, the, the fact that reality, which is that, you know, we're having fewer and fewer folks coming into the system yes. with a larger population that sure. is retiring. That's one aspect. Right. And I listen, uh, it, you know, it's something we need to think about, but I will tell you that it's also because there has been, you know, folks raiding the funds sure. over the years. Um, and this goes way back. I am not going to, you know, lay blame on any one particular, uh, you know, governor or, or legislature. This has been going on for some time already. Right. And it's the same thing that happens with social security. Um, I've done a paper and back in school about uh, social security. And I've talked about that. Look, I know some call it a Ponzi scheme and so forth and so, but I'll, I'll listen, if we manage it right, I think there's opportunity there to have some sort of safety net there for those folks right. based on what was originally designed for. Uh, and I did a whole paper on this. And I think it's possible, but you know, when you have, you know, going as far back as the sixties for Vietnam, rating the funds, sure. yes. it's a cash cow yeah. and politicians are like, Hey, listen, there's right. a cash cow. We got to rate it. <laughs> you you know, know, I was fortunate. <laughs> we have, we in the city of Holly Hill had a local plan mm. And, um, you know, actuarially, and I don't understand all the ins and outs of this, but when a, when a new young person is hired, mm -hmm. uh, actuarially, they have to assume that that individual will stay 25 okay. years and, you know, will fully retire. Uh, the, the, especially, you know, recently, that's just not the case. You know, okay. uh, public service generally is having trouble recruit recruiting and retaining yes uh, people especially in law enforcement for a number of reasons yes but, i know uh so another, another top another topic for another no, day I'm yeah, telling yeah. You, <laughs> and, uh, you know i have a, a dear friend of mine who uh, is a public policy analyst up in washington and she uh she sent me an email the other day on that very topic and mm. i said look if you can figure this out let me know um, I'll pay for our dog and pony show and, you know, we'll make a million dollars. I'm just not sure there is an answer right now. No, I, listen, it's, but it goes back to the conversation that, you know, that Dana and I have. Um, and one of the reasons why you're here as well too, is uh, there needs to be a conversation without taking the pot shots all the damn time. Right. And listen, I get there's arguments on both sides to be made. Right. I think valid arguments be made on both sides. Right. Um, but we just got to get to a place where we just need to talk about it and, uh, and and figure it out. Because, look, you look at places like New Jersey and Illinois where their um, publicly funded pensions, uh, and I know we're digressing a little bit, but we, they have publicly funded pensions that are like 46%. Sure. Uh, that's not good. That's no. bad. No, I have uh, some <clears throat> dear friends that retired from uh, uh, law enforcement up in the Northeast. Yeah. Uh, their insurance is paid for. Yeah. My wife and I pay 1400 a month for our uh, yeah. insurance, two people. I will so. say this, uh, one of the, beyond the, some of the corruption that happened over the years in Detroit, it's the same thing. I think I made mention to Dana one time about it, and I said, you know, uh, and I talked to a firefighter friend of mine uh, a couple of years back, and he came to Tallahassee, we were chit-chatting about it, and I just said, look, you know, we need to get serious about some of these pensions uh, sure. you just they cannot sustain a certain way forever the, the right. era of you guys getting everything you want right um and i'm not just talking about firefighters it's it's law enforcement in general i think we just need to 
have those conversations and be real with one another because if we do give away the store, right. we're going to run into big problems and sure. cities are going to go bankrupt. Right. It's happening. Detroit is one that right. they gave a lot away and did not right. – Politically, and you know this, politically speaking, they just felt it was better for them just to give those folks who voted for them and were going to back them sure. the monies. And right. guess what happened? You know, it came right. up to bite them in the ass in the long run. So, you know, firefighters historically are very political. And, uh, yeah. you know, they have, uh, I don't want to say they have the time on their hands, but they do uh, to get out there to, they're very active. And, uh, you know, I didn't find that in policing so much, but uh, but fire would, departments are traditionally. I would uh, agree with you on that. The, yeah. the, the, the law, law enforcement folks are not, uh, they don't do it the same way the firefighters. I will say this, firefighters definitely know how to throw on the charm. Sure. Uh, listen, it, you know, I always tell folks it's, you know, my brother's in law enforcement, so I don't want to seem one-sided. And look, and I love the firefighters. I really do. And they do a phenomenal job. I'll just say that. They, um, it, it's easier sometimes to sell, uh, and it's probably the wrong choice of words, but to, to let folks know what you're doing as far as, Hey, I'm saving lives. No, absolutely. That's all you're doing. Whereas law enforcement, yes, they're saving lives, yeah. but they're also enforcing the law and, it and is, people hate that yes, sometimes. It's always <laughs> controversial, right? Yeah. You never show up on someone's best. So, yeah. So anyways, um, moving on. So, Mark, you came out with, uh, so everybody knows it's Friday, and so, uh, and I know the show drops on Tuesdays, and so we'll have a conversation. I had to, we made mention it from, from the production crew that, hey, you guys probably say happy Tuesday. Yeah, so, right, right. Because we drop on Tuesdays, but I, um, but your blog comes out every Friday. Uh, it does. I try to catch up on his, on, I, I read the um, last week's, uh, I read this week, so obviously, I, to, with today's show, because you were on, uh, I told Dana what I was probably going to do, and, and I just told you briefly before we came on the show what I kind of wanted to touch on, which is I wanted to kind of do an extension of the um, issue of land development just in general. Because okay. I think it's pertinent not just to Volusia County. I, obviously, it's a really important issue to a lot of folks in Volusia. Um, but any, if you're listening from anywhere else in Florida, this is an issue we're going to have to deal with in Florida just in general. Um, number one, we are a growing state. Uh, we do have an ecosystem that we need to be very, very mindful of. It's not like a lot of other states. So I it, trust me, it does not get lost on me on some of the issues that some are advocating for. And, um, but I wanted to continue that with you. And I think we're going to have, I think Gonzo is going to announce uh, two other individuals are going to be coming on. Uh, Gonzo, who's coming on? Uh, who we're supposed to be having on for next week. We're going to have uh, Jake Johansson and okay. Mr. Victor Ramos. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So uh, th thank those individuals for inquiring and wanting to come on. I think they did. They bring another perspective. Sure. Um, and maybe it surprises some, but you know, whatever. And, or maybe for some, it's just like, that's what they expected. Right. <laughs> um, or, you know, however you want to say it. So, but we had Doug Pettit on, um, the, this past show. Okay. And uh, along with Ken Smith. And I thought for these two individuals, you know, we had some good, good overall conversation. I had a good time with these individuals. I, I know that they have their detractors and folks who don't like them or don't, or, or I should say, don't care for where they stand on some of the issues. Um, we went back and forth. Um, I didn't hundred percent agree with you know, with Ken and, and, and Doug on some of the issues, but we try to find some common ground in some other sure. areas. You, you know, Eric, I, uh, I intentionally, because I write this blog, mm -hmm. look, I, I, I don't make a living. I don't advertise. I know. Uh, it's uh, it's purely one man's opinion on the issues of the day. And I intentionally keep politicians at arm's length, mm. uh, you know, for, 
a number of reasons, but one being is that they will invariably disappoint at some point, yeah. right? And that's just oh, the know. nature of the beast. Yeah, it not, is. Uh, you know, I'm not knocking. I'm anybody. not going to knock any one individual. Exactly. Just know that that's just the general. Um, that's, that's a general right. statement from that's Mark. Right. Trust me. You know, uh, and I'll tell you. I think typically is because people and. Uh, you know, the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker, yep. uh, they see things happening in their neighborhood. Local politics is, you know, certainly the most responsive and most mm. visible arm of government. Yes. And they get involved for all the right reasons. They want to see substantive change on the issues and they're, you know, facing them and their family. Then when they get taken in by the system, over time, they become everything they hated yeah. when they got involved. Oh, I, uh, I, don't, I, I have some theories on why that is after 30 years we, yeah. myself. You and I have agreement on that. Trust sure. me. I think everybody starts with the best right. of intentions and yes. then somewhere, many of them get lost along the way yeah, for a number of reasons. We can yeah. probably, the trappings <clears throat> of office, yes. everyone laughs at your jokes, uh, you know, uh, and uh, for a short period of time, you're a big deal. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's like owning a boat. You know, the, the day you, uh, you enter office uh, is the highest of highs. And yeah. then the day you leave, you realize that, Less than 51% of the people that you thought were friends of yours uh, don't like your views. I've seen uh, that. For, trust me. I've seen that firsthand yeah. when you start losing the elections and you're like, uh, yeah. Sure. So. Um, well, so listen, you had some interesting things on the on the blog. Uh, we'll get to the county council in just a minute. I know okay. that you, there was, you quoted um, an individual on your blog, um, I think by the name of John Nicholson. Yes. Uh, I've seen him before. I, I try to watch where I can some of the city commission meetings on some of the different cities. Uh, especially if somebody puts me on to it or something. And I know he's been in front of Daytona Beach before. Uh, I know he's commented. He co commented on uh, on Commissioner Cantu. Uh, I, you know, and I think most people know that I, I have a, a very good relationship and friendship with uh, Commissioner Cantu. Uh, and I will say that she's very, very passionate. Yes. Uh, I know it seemed like it was, uh, I think, as what was put in the paper, either odd or something like that to that effect. Uh, what I'll say is that... Commissioner Cantu is very, very passionate yes, about is. the city of Daytona Beach. Yes, she is. And I know that you two don't always agree. We don't. And so what I'll just say is that she's very passionate. And I think what happens a lot of times is that when, um, and you know, Mark, I've been a little bit critical of our county chair. Uh, I don't always, it's not so much that I'm 100% in disagreement with him. Uh -huh. It's just that it's how he approaches things sometimes that I'm not a big fan of. And so my understanding is, is that, you know, look, I, I think she came before the county, the county council to set some things straight. Uh, I do know that uh, when it comes to, I think he was at the, at the EOC not too long ago, I heard, and there, there were some comments being made. Obviously he made, I think he was making reference. They brought him there because they wanted as a county chair from the sea, what's going on from the Daytona beach side. And then I think some comments were being made and it almost seemed like it was more of a stump speech for his kind yeah, of anti-development movement. Yeah, as, as I took that, <clears throat> Eric, uh, I think what she was referencing is, you know, the Midtown mm. neighborhood uh, of Daytona beach mm -hmm. has a historic flooding problem, uh, which yeah. has never been properly addressed. Yes. And, the issue, as I understand it, was he was invited to a community meeting mm -hmm. to discuss those issues. Now, since hour one of Jeff Brower's mm -hmm. entrance into politics, he has talked about overdevelopment. He has talked about malignant sprawl. He's talked about its effect on things like flooding, yeah. our quantity and quality of water. Okay. Okay. So this isn't something that he just you know, pulled out of his hand. No, I agree. No, I, I agree. I know. I agree. And, you know, look, I, I have a great deal of respect for Commissioner Cantu. Uh, like you said, she and I have 
butted heads numerous times. Uh, but I have a great deal of respect for her. She's out there. She's a hard worker. Uh, she's out there getting information, pushing information to her constituents. And I, I respect that. Yeah, I, I but, think, but and I think I, that's kind of where we, I think where it went to Mark was I think she just, look, she, she's very she, defensive of Daytona, Daytona yeah, Beach. But she claimed mm. that Commissioner, or uh, Chairman Brower rather, was playing politics. And I'm trying to watch yeah. a day removed at home because of the absolute nightmarish yeah. communication system they have there yeah. uh, in the chambers. And, um, on Bush County Chambers? Oh, yeah, I know. We'll, we'll get, we'll get yeah. to that in a so, little bit. Yeah, you know, that's fine. Anyways, uh, John Nicholson, who I don't know personally, yeah. uh, but, and I don't always agree with him. Yeah. But, uh, and I would even question some of his some of the statements he makes, because I've heard he's been challenged a few times on some of his information he's given, even the city of Daytona Beach, I, I think he, um, I think he goes before Daytona Beach every so often. He, he does, yeah. and so I think he's been challenged. Not just this is not Commissioner Cantu. There's other commissioners yes. I've seen a few times question him a little tiny bit on right. some of the veracity of his information. So right. I would just say, when I saw it on your blog, I was like, well, okay. So I, I may have to talk to. I know Mark's coming to the show today. I may have to talk sure. to him about this on just. But he has uh, a wealth of of institutional knowledge. Okay, just from being a uh, a watchdog. Yeah, kind of like uh, the ultimate gadfly uh locally anyways and he always has a unique take i okay. don't always agree with it okay. but i appreciate the authenticity of what yeah. of where he's coming from and he made the point that you know commissioner Cantu, as most politicians they play politics all the time it's the nature of their business mm -hmm. right and to kind of single brower out in this case um i think it was a little disingenuous and i think nicholson did too uh, this close to an election. I, well, this, what I'll say is I'll put, so the timing, so what I'll say is, uh, look, Commissioner Cantu knows that she can defend herself. She's a very capable individual <laughs> defending herself. Right. Um, but I'll just, what I'll say is that I think the timing, uh, what I'll say on the timing is that unfortunately we are this close and, and things are getting a little bit heated. Yes. And so my understanding of the comments were basically to the fact of like a Margaritaville and Avalon, which hasn't even been developed yet was I guess insinuating there maybe there's some cause there for what's happening in Midtown. Now, you know, as well as I do Mark that Midtown has been plagued with flooding for, for years. Right. Look, I, I'm not a, and the city of Daytona beach yeah. I know has been trying to get uh, the, the army Corps of engineers. Uh, I've heard behind the scenes they're trying, they've been trying for years when uh, DeSantis was there as a congressman, Michael Waltz, I think they've tried to en enlist uh, Senator Rubio. I know there's been um, letters sent out to folks to try to help out, to figure out what can we do about um, the, um, uh, the Midtown. The challenge is, is that, uh, you know, I guess, is it not everybody's high priority? Like, I know she's fighting this issue of Mason Avenue, uh, Commissioner Cantu, and she's trying to get something really done for Mason Avenue, which has been neglected for like over 40 years. Yes. And I, I've heard that, you know, and I've, I've validated from others that, you know, she goes to TPO, she tries to fight for it. It looks like they want to do some sort of, um, from my impression, some surface type stuff. And she's yes. like, no, 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 no. We need more for Mason Avenue. There's been a lot of focus on ISB and everywhere else, but we can't can't forget about Mason Ave, which is a major thoroughfare in Daytona Beach. We need a lot of help on yeah. the east side. I don't, you know, I don't spend a lot of time over here. I understand. But I can tell you as we begin our discussion mm -hmm. about overdevelopment uh, yeah. in Volusia County, transportation infrastructure is, you know, this is the seminal issue of our time. Yeah. Eric. It, it just is. It's not new to Florida. We're mm -hmm. a boom bust uh, state. Yeah. Uh, the city of Deltona 
Uh, this wasn't some uh, railroad crossing where, uh, you know, uh, the Tweetsie Railroad ran yeah. and it, it sprung organically from a, you know, yeah. a, a general store. This was a purpose-built, planned community yes. by uh, the Mackey brothers yep. back in the day. Yep. And, uh, you know, it was built around a series of lakes. I'm not an engineer, okay, but I can tell you gravitationally, water is going to try to get back to the aquifer in Florida. Yeah, okay? yes. When you change the topography of the land, mm -hmm. okay, and a lot of people said, you know, new development didn't flood. Older communities did. Mm -hmm. That's because new communities are built on four or five feet of fill, okay? Yeah, well, we're, so we're going to get into some of that. Right, I told this, I, I told you I was right. going to. I said you'll appreciate this at the very towards the end of our conversation okay. about what came up. But go ahead. I'm sorry because right. I so, also because you know, I wanted your your take on when you mentioned because I need transition a little bit to transportation, yes. which is fine. And I wanted your take a little bit, and we'll kind of get back to development on, on transportation, but like things like Botran. Yes. Um, what is your? So it was interesting because I was just driving through Daltona today a little bit, and or not was it on Daltona or was it someplace? Anyways, I, maybe I was going through Orange City. Anyways. I saw the Votran bus, and I, what, what what is your take as we develop? And we'll get back into the land development in just a second here. As we develop, um, I know people are looking for means of public transportation. I have a big, I have a concern about Votran, and I know that they're going to try to. I know the county council is going to have ways of redoing Votran a little bit, but from its inception. I felt like Votran was going to be a, a bit of a money pit for the county, and sure. they're stuck now a little yes, bit, right? right. Because. Like today, I'm watching one of the buses, like maybe two riders. In many cases, you know, no riders. Look, Eric, I've been, <laughs> you know, personally, I've been hypercritical of Votran yeah. for a number of reasons. One is I don't know what. So their we found common. Is. We found yes. common ground. Good. All right. I do not know what their ridership is. Yeah. But like you, as I pass one, there's, you know, two people on it. Yeah. Right. Uh, at any given time of the day. Yeah. Now, you know, I have read theories about development. Okay. Uh, which say that. We're not overdeveloped. Mm -hmm. We're just reliant on individual modes of transportation. Yes. Right? Our communities where I live, certainly, uh, to get to the nearest convenience store, I have to drive three miles. Yeah. And I live in a suburban yep. area of Ormond Beach. So we are totally reliant on cars, right? I can't mm -hmm. walk to the store. I can't, uh, uh, you know, do these things. Yep. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever ridden a Votran, right, as long as it's been in existence. So, you know, I think when we're looking at, you know, this intermodal transportation issues as our as we build out, and Daytona Beach, I think, mm. is certainly closing in yeah. on build out, I think people are going to have to become, or they will be forced to become, uh, more reliant on public transportation. You're probably right. And so the reason why I went that route a little bit was just as part of an overall conversation on planning. I don't know how well, and I'll probably get excoriated for this a little tiny bit because, you know. There, there is but no I, planning. I, but I, I don't know how much planning went into Votran into really thinking about this and going, uh, first of all, we got our natural divide. Right. Right, the Palmetto Curtain, right? And so I've had folks complain to me about, you know, seniors complain about getting to the doctor's office on the east side. Yes. And I'm just sitting there. That's not really feasible because it's taking two hours and it's, right. it's like a whole day ordeal, basically. Right. 
And I and so now I know that they're looking at now uh, kind of, you know, uh, cutting some routes, getting some smaller vehicles that would help in, in, in being better in trying to transport folks who don't relying on these you know bigger buses. Right. But my thought process was like, well, why didn't this stuff come up, you know, years ago? Right. And to the point of land development in general, and what, I, what I'll say is, and we talked, and um, you and I, I saw on your blog, um, and I know that you are a proponent of doing some sort of self-imposed moratorium. Daltona has one. Absolutely. You said you want to see one for the uh, for the county council. I know you've been critical of individuals up in the county council who have um, decided or elected to not go down that path. I know some have argued there are some legal issues potentially. I think there's probably ways around it. I Listen, I want everybody to know, I am not against a self-imposed moratorium. I don't care for them um, as a whole. But I think it gets to a point where you have to sit there and say, okay, let's stop for a moment. Let's think about where we want to go from here. You know, Eric, the, you know, a moratorium is not a ban or prohibition mm. on development, right? Okay. We're going to develop. Okay. Yeah. I think what it is, is a tap of the brakes, okay. okay? We have a situation where we have grown so far, so fast, yeah. especially on the east side. But when I, whenever I come over here, things have changed drastically. Yeah, they right? have. They have. And so if you check into a motel, mm -hmm. right, and the facility is full, they switch on a no vacancy light for yeah. a bit. They don't stack people in the hallways on mm -hmm. cots. They don't, uh, you, you, you know, they take into considerations safety, health, comfort, all of these things, yeah. quality of life, right? I think it's the same thing that some municipalities who are coming to grips with the fact that their constituents, right, mm -hmm. are seriously concerned about what's happening you yeah. sit through three cycles of a light yeah uh on transportation infrastructure that was not built for this yeah okay i don't think volusia county has a viable road program okay okay they and you know this is a totally different program but you know they have held us hostage for that one cent sales tax increase for okay. transportation. And I think uh, some of the folks that were behind that are just going to make it so onerous mm. on people that eventually they throw their hands up and say, you know what, take it. Okay. it. But the pace of transportation development is so slow. Yeah. East ISB Gateway, yeah. okay, that's a prime example. It looks like a third world shithole over there. For, you know, excuse me, but yeah. it does. And it has for decades okay? okay now we're told next year things are coming dot is you know they're they're getting the funding together they they've decided to go with signalized intersections and yeah. what is the busiest beach approach in volusia county yeah right at isb mm -hmm. and a1a but you know so eventually we're going to have to address these issues and um I listen and while while yeah. the bulldozers roar. Yeah. And the county invariably continues to kick the can down the road on things like impact fees. I know. Okay. I know that so impact fees is, is an issue. Uh, I do know that the county does, and so this is something else I wanted to be critical of and we'll get to the impact fees in just a okay. moment. So I do know, and this is a challenge I've had with the county. And once again, this is not indicative of this county, particular county council. I think it's been going on for a long time. So I don't want to lay the blame no, on just right. their feet, no, please, uh, right. by no means. You're and right. I know many of the county council members. I'm friends with them, uh, a lot of them. And uh, it's not a knock on them specifically, but just as a whole, I, I, listen, I'll even go as far as, look, if I have to, you know, if it's a knock on staff a little bit, then so be it. Some of those staff members have been there for a long time. They've seen these challenges coming. 
Um, but, you know, and I don't want to take away from all the good work that they try to do. But my point is, is that, um, look, I know that there are certain cities, uh, Daytona's one, I believe Port Orange is another, uh, I believe maybe Port Orange, I know that they do what they call like the fair share or cost share basically, so a developer comes in, if they're developing uh, X on the particular, let's say for example, a county road, maintained road, then they'll work out an agreement and so forth, and then hey, listen, um, in this case over here, uh, let's just say for example, Port Orange says, okay, um, you know, uh, $4 million goes to the county because the county's gonna need that to maintain the road in the future because of that development. Right. Now, here's my challenge. Where does the money go? And I'll at least agree with, um, with Ken on this from, um, from last week. We talked about the budget in general. We could probably strip apart this, the, the county budget, and there's probably some spending that are, uh, you know, maybe may or may not you know, or should not be happening. My point is, is that you know, one could argue, and maybe you would argue, well, the money's they received from some of this stuff, I don't know how much it's actually going to cover, but I've said before, if you create some sort of pot, I don't care. You want to call it a separate account called the infrastructure trust fund count. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. And you want to, and all the monies that you get from uh, a number of County roads that cities are developing uh, and you get your fair share, put into that pot and the interest bearing account. And then when the time comes, when maintenance comes from down the road, my point in all this is that we need to start thinking about down the road. And a lot of times I feel like they get these monies, right? And it's not just the County. I don't want to blame just the County. I think a lot of people do this. They get the monies and then they want to plug a hole someplace else. Right. Instead of actually sitting here saying, well, number one, let's Let's look at our budget. Where do we actually need to spend the money? And then what do we need to start planning for down the road? Because we know it's coming at some point in time. And maybe this is where the frustration you guys come into play a little bit is, okay, well, let's come up with more development to help pay for that. And that may be part of the argument that, and I've argued this last week, I would agree that if we've done more for planning, we might be able to stave off some of these issues that are coming around. But because we have not done the, like Deltona is a prime example where I don't feel that there was proper planning from years ago when Eric, it was first incorporated. I, I, I challenge mm. anyone to, mm. to point out proper planning in any of this, okay? okay? It is a strategy of shoving 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. <laughs> and now we've gotten to the point where we are busting at the seams, yeah. okay? At least on the east side. And yeah. you guys aren't far behind us yeah. over here. It is high density. It is every time a speculative developer buys a plot of land, yeah. the first thing they do is hire a high-powered land use attorney. Yep. They go before the governing board, and they ask for increased density. Yeah. They, they change it from whatever it was to a planned unit development, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Mm. And, you know, there was a there was a case over here where there was a... I can't remember the specifics, but a developer wanted to build a subdivision off of a uh, a very rural stretch, uh, very probably beautiful the, pro- stretch. Probably the Osteen okay. area. Yes. Yeah. Osteen exactly, area. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. And uh, the density, I don't, I don't know. I think it doubled. Right. It was well. Yeah. Huge. So I so last like week, fifty people got up in front of the Delta yeah. City Commission and beg them. Yeah. I I got I listen. I was very honest and transparent last week when I told Dana and them. I said, listen, I I agreed with Dana that I felt like they were taking a small sliver to make their case. Hey, this is in keeping with what's going on already. No, if you look at most of the area that's over there, it's all 10 acre lots, five acre lots, property owners, right? And sure. so forth. And so I said, to me, the happy middle ground would be, okay, look, if you're going to develop, then let's look at possibly maybe we do one acre lots. Maybe you do something where the home is a little bit more developed and somebody right. pays up a little bit more because it's that area of that stretch of Delta, right in between Dalton and Osteen that's not really developed. And I could see folks who want or don't want to live in Seminole County coming over who have a little bit of money, want to pay up a little bit for it. 
However that's going to be, I wasn't against, let me put it this way. I told her, I said, look, I'm not against doing some sort of development if we're going to do it, but I also want to keep in better keeping with what's going on over there because I didn't, I didn't felt like the, 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 the high density was not um, in keep in keeping once again with what they were doing over there, and I told Dana as much. I said I, if it were me, I'd vote no against that project. There are other projects I would vote yes on in Deltona. There was one that she didn't, she wasn't crazy about that happened, I think, on uh, in a number of individuals on Doyle Road. And I said, look, you know, and I think some of their concern was what the impact is going to be on the school that's over there, which is Ocean Elementary, and so forth. And I said, look, I'm not against that one. I mean, that was planned to be developed back in the day. And I think what happened was a lot of residents got used to the fact that it was just woods for a long time. Right. But I said the property owner has their rights. And if they want to develop that area, if it's in keeping what they were trying to accomplish before, which I think it was. But see, Eric, that the the property rights argument always comes up. It comes up a lot at, at the county. Yeah. Okay. And look. You know, I on my little slice of heaven mm-hmm. up in Ormond Beach, yeah. right? If I wanted to build a toxic waste incinerator in my backyard, mm-hmm. not only would my neighbors have something to say about that, but city government would also yeah. intervene in that, right? But we tend to make exceptions for these individuals. And let me let me tell yeah. you why I think this okay. is just Barker's view. Yeah. Is when you look at our campaign funding system, mm-hmm. okay, when you've got three or four dollars of every five dollars spent on campaigns coming from developers, from real estate interest, from the building uh, industry, right? Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? Well, now, now they say that there is no quid pro quo. Okay, okay? I'm not naive but, to but think. Listen, yeah, there there is a subliminal quid pro quo okay maybe because these people have to have that source of funding if they hope to get reelected. i hear you if mark you but go against the powers that be these individuals uh, you, you know maury well, husseini is a and look the guy's an american success story yeah i i, I respect him okay but l- let me tell we you we have something. our money folks in the county i but know i know this guy <laughs> uh you know i mean he wields an incredible amount of power not just in volusia county but statewide i know he does i trust me it's i'm very well no aware to these people I, I would argue that if i was running for something right in office right and then and and i make my comments here on the show when developers say hey look i think eric will be amenable to us i fully expect them to donate to my campaign because they think that they you know there's an opportunity there to work with me because they feel like i might be more amenable to them compared to someone who says so if you were running they'd say well i'm not going to give to mark because we already know where mark stands so what i've argued before on this issue of money coming into politics is that most times i'm not naive i know that there's a certain level of hey i want to donate because i'm hoping that we can do business together in the future wouldn't you agree Uh, though that you know i mean we have we have left the point of reason right when you have local elections that mm-hmm. are that are candidates are taking in a quarter of a million dollars to run for a seat on the volusia county council you you know what i'm saying i uh when you have 10 or 12 different entities controlled by the same individual each giving a thousand dollars i understand what the supreme court has said yep. I, you know uh that's the law of the land yeah. i get it i don't agree with it and i think that there has to be some reasonable check when you have these artificially inflated uh it's buying an election uh, essentially because look you and i uh we follow this i'm a political junkie i I came up in government right yeah but i can guarantee you that any three people sitting upstairs having a beer yeah they can't tell you the name of their mayor 
Probably. Uh, you see what I'm saying? No, I know, I know. And this is not to be disingenuous to the average voter, but it's a reality it's that... It's absolutely true. Yeah, but it, but it, I no, listen, Mark, I would agree with you on that point uh, that I do believe that... So that's when the glossy mailers, the, the, oh, the yeah. television advertising, the radio ads... Oh, trust me, I told... I had a conversation uh, early on about this and where I... Look, and, 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 you know, selfish plug here. Look, I, there's no... I... I was a um, I was a supporter of Kim Short, meaning that you know I, I you know my I, but I've also known Kim for a number of years. I didn't right. know the other opponent, so naturally I gravitated towards Kim. Right. But I also knew that Kim uh, had a passion. I get that some felt like you know that she was a bit of a wild card. Right. But what did they do? Some folks came in with the money. I right. listen. I'm not going to disagree with you on this one. Came with the money and said, "Hey, we're going to go with X X Y Z candidate," and they they pumped in forty thousand dollars and said, "Hey," and to your point. There is a point where if you do enough enough negative campaigning uh, cards, yes. the mail pieces, yes. it's going to affect someone who may not be fully aware of where Kim is at and how long she's been advocating for students and so forth in, in our for our school board uh, and, and compared to somebody else who did not. I'll just yes. leave it at that. Right. Um, so I am... I, but it goes <clears throat> back to this thing, Eric, that, that has bothered me uh, for a long time, is that, you know, Volusia County is not unlike other places. But we have a very core, very influential, very powerful group of high pan. I told Dana, Mark, I told Dana one time, I was like, behind Miami Dade and probably Hillsborough. Yes. There right. is always some shit sure. live over here in, yes, in, in, right. in Volusia County right. on our politics. And because there is a core that is viewed a certain way right. and there's influence. Right or wrong, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally, I, I think there's a place. I think there's a place for them. And I, 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 maybe you, you know, don't agree, but I want you to have a seat at the table. Yeah. Don't I think there's a wrong. place for them. I do. I do worry, and this is not just Volusia County, I worry about the level of influence um, at times from certain groups or organizations and entities uh, on the, on on candidates and, and how much money they put into certain races and so forth. I will, listen, I will admit, we have a problem in our country just in general uh, with money in politics. Yes. I don't disagree. And I know it's one of the evils that we have here. I, you know, I wish we would do something about it. And yes, I agree with the Supreme Court that look, even businesses have a say in the matter. The business community has a say. I think I'm a very pro-business individual. Um, you know, and uh, once again, there may be others who would not agree with me. And so when I see monies coming in from certain entities in Volusia County, I'm not disagreeing with them giving to the candidates, and I know that it's 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 quite a bit. I wouldn't disagree 100% because I get what it takes to win these races sometimes. Uh, what I'll just say is that uh, it's just there's other things that bother me more. Right. Well, but, maybe we leave for another show another day, but there's is, other things that bother me more about what happens with some of these folks. It is, to me, disingenuous mm -hmm. for a, a candidate who were well-funded yeah. Okay, by their benefactors. Yep. Okay? To say that these individuals aren't beholden to those to uh, the folks who brought them to the dance, okay, and I and I know to a individual they will deny that. Yeah. In fact, I have heard Ben Johnson tell me directly, I've never been approached by a donor and asked to do anything. Okay, maybe that's true. Uh, you know, I yeah. I like. But you have personally. your but you have your view exactly. though. Yeah, exactly. I know. So uh, it just seems it, it is. Uh, incredulous that somebody would say that you know i have watched with my own eyes mm -hmm. eric uh, if barker walks into the uh volusia county council chambers right and i've got a problem about trash being picked up in my neighborhood or whatever uh they, they sit there and stare at me like gargoyles okay yeah. if jay hyatt brown walks in mm -hmm. they're 
adjusting their ties, everybody's sitting up, uh, you know, all eyes and ears are on. And invariably, whatever the issue may be, it goes in his favor. Yeah. So this is, to me, empirical evidence that no, it, and it, it, it plays a role. I know. I do, hey, listen, I don't disagree that and, on some and level. To circle back to development. Yeah. It's, these two things are interchangeable, in, in my view. Yeah, no, and listen, and I'll tell you, listen, I, I'm not uh, agnostic to the fact that I do know that obviously there is a level of um, gamesmanship that happens within within this. I see it a little bit in Tallahassee. Uh, people could deny it all they want, but it's a reality. Uh, I, listen, and on the one of the things that I will, you know, one of the little secrets <laughs> I actually wanted to bring up, I thought about I was thinking about today, and I'm probably getting a little uh, ADD for just a second here. Right. Uh, it's not, and I'm not trying to pivot 100 sure. percent away from the whole sure. thing. Was on the issue of uh, it's, it's they, you guys. Well, let me back up. I don't mm-hmm. want to say you guys. There's a view out there on the issue of changing, you know, the the um, the, the ordinance for, for you know for the land use and so forth and so uh-huh. on. And one of the little little secrets that most people in the public and I've and listen. One of the reasons why we wanted to do the show was because we wanted to put out some stuff there that people would understand. I have friends of mine who listen to this show and others who listen to the show. That they're saying, going, you know, hey, I'm learning something from it because I, I sure. don't engage as much, but you guys should give me some information through all the joking around that Dana and I do. Uh, what I'll say is, so one of the little secrets that we talk about out there is the whole idea of going agriculture, so people can hang on. And I look, can I be honest with you? I've never been a fan of that because uh, most people don't realize. Listen, folks, when you're driving around the county, I don't care or anywhere in the state for that matter, and you see two or three acres of li- land and you see two or three cows on there, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Look, That's a bunch of BS. Eric, this that is was the changed greatest. that way. They could hang, so they can they can maximize on the yes. tax benefits for ag- uh, agriculture use compared to tr- a traditional commercial use. Yeah, it's called. I think they call it the Renacal. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. It yeah. is, in my view, <laughs> one of the largest. I'm looking over and I'm looking at production currently. Just looking at me, kind of like. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to say you think it's so. the largest <laughs> pending scandal yeah. in the state's history. Okay. Where you have individuals that zone a piece of property agricultural. Yeah. And Eric, on the east side, I'm not going to name names, but I'm telling you, I have driven past for years the same plot of land Mm. that has the same bales of hay physically rotting into the ground that I'm convinced are there because when a satellite view is taken, there's hay bales out there, which has got to indicate... it's uh, funny. I saw so for for a number of years I was over there and uh, going to uh, I, I go into Sanford all the time, and so if you go down by the mall, there was like some plots of land over there that were not developed in that whole um, you know forty uh, was it forty six area, and so I would see like these three acres of land. I always see goats on there, and I just and then before I got into politics, I was, I was like, what the hell is this shit? Like you know, with goats in the property, three acres in the middle of all this area that's got developed. Right. Come to find out, once I get into this process and I start learning more about it, I'm kind of sitting there going, oh, yeah. they got to change. And then I think, I, I think by law they're required to put some sort of animals on there just to show either cows or goats. And I just sat there. And so, folks, whenever you see that, just know that that was somebody who got the the, the land use changed temporarily so they could take advantage of it. And I'm not always a big fan of it because then what happens is, to your point, we prolong. And now someone who is a little bit, you know, somewhat a little bit pro-development. Right. I just want, I want smarter development as we think about these things, right? Uh, I'm you, not a, you just hit the nail on that. Yeah. And I, and I, I want folks to, 
what I'm looking for is because then some of these landowners, they take, they'll hold on to the land for 10, 15 years, and then residents go, why are we doing something over there? Well, because the landowners I know are trying to maximize the dollars. And in the meantime, they're saying, hey, look, you know, instead of coming to the city and saying, hey, this is a proposed development I want to put over here, and then negotiating that out and going through the whole, you know, the process, they hang on, they hang on to these properties for 10, 15 years. And as long as they got a cow on there or a goat, they're good to go. And I just say, no, cities. Rezone the damn thing back right. to commercial, and you'll see how fast. Right. You know, and I, I'd say the same for Deltona. For years, we left certain things alone, and I said from the very beginning, I don't understand why prior commissions did not sit here and say, "Hey, for Saxon Boulevard, we're going to change it from residential to commercial." Right. And you'll see how fast those residential builders go uh, dump the land right. to some commercial person who can develop it, and then right. you can then you could have some sort of legitimate downtown that you want to create instead of what we got in Deltona. And now we're stuck with maybe about 20% of land that we're trying to work with as best we for, can. For mm. your viewers who are interested, the, the Volusia County property appraisers website mm -hmm. has a wonderful interactive okay. part of it that you can go on, click on a parcel and it will tell you uh, what it's taxed at, how it's zoned and okay. what it's taxed at. Uh, it's interesting to see some of these major subdivisions yeah. that just prior were paying pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Pennies, literally. I, yeah. I paid more for my cracker box, uh, you know, in that's why Mark, than 400 acres off of LPG. Mark, that's why I argued last week, and, and I, I made comment to you before, um, and I made a comment to you last time you were on here uh, behind the scenes, and I'll make the comment again. I've told Dana this before as well, and I'll tell anybody that's out there listening. <sighs> I'm not anti-development, and I don't know if I take the county chair's approach 100% the same way, and you and I may disagree on this, which is fine, and I'm okay with that, because I told you I never take this stuff personal. I think it's part of the conversation we need to have. What I will tell you, though, is that you know I say, <laughs> once again, hold the developers accountable more. Right. So if you want something from developers, look, we know that we development's going to- We give it gonna, away. We give it away. Eric. We know that they're yeah, going to no, build. Right. So if you have a county council or a city commission that's a certain way trying to prolong this- they're not going to last forever, and developers will just wait it out, and they'll get right. somebody who's more poor development. So we go from one, I'll, for lack of a better you know, phrase, we go from one extreme to the other extreme. Right. And that other extreme then happens to be no planning. Hey, just build, because we need development. Our residents are asking for development, and then we get whatever they decide they want to build. Right. I actually like what City DeBerry is doing. Uh, I think their city manager with the city commission, I know maybe some there disagree, um, and I think I'm hoping that we're going to get a city commissioner on from DeBerry soon. I like what they're trying to do. They are trying to plan this out, saying, hey, it's gonna you guys are gonna develop we want development to happen but it's gonna be based on our vision for what we want to um for debarry instead of what i think we happened in Del in deltona and other areas where they just went crazy and they built all over and there was no real plan and then we are now we're stuck with what we have well, i think people and, are, and raising some of the challenges that i right. think you all yeah. are raising as well i'll, I'll talk briefly about debarry yeah. okay because my my blog site cut its teeth mm. on what i called the debacle in debarry okay. which was the jiminy springs annex okay when the property around the Sunrail station was to be built they mm -hmm. hired uh john miklos yeah. uh to ramrod this thing through st john's river water management district it was uh as close to criminal as anything i think i've come across in government and i've seen a lot of shit mm -hmm. in my time and i'm telling you that uh i think a lot of people are gun shy uh and that's a trust issue that mm -hmm. the city of DeBerry 
in City Hall is going to have to ultimately get over yeah. uh, when it comes to how they are going to develop. Which is There's a, a lot of eyes on them. Yes, sure. there's a lot of eyes on them. I agree right. with you 100% um, because of some of this stuff. I remember at one time they were talking about a casino over there. Right. I, yes. wasn't, 100%, I wasn't 100% against it, um, but then the more I thought about it and the more I kind of like, back I, in the don't day. Don't they have a card room? I well, they, Orange City now. Oh, so Orange what City. happened was Orange okay. City, um, you know, in their one of their main, major plazas, uh, decided to get the card club. They're an extension of the folks over uh, in Daytona Beach. Um, and so, but now, but that tells me also at the time, there was, because the more I look back on it all, there wasn't real planning. It was just the Barry just wanting to grow. What I'll say is, you know, you've, so. You've mentioned planning uh, yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm big time. Yeah. I'm big time into that because we mitigate a lot of our issues. So when I know that there's the words thrown around like Ponzi schemes and setting the other, I always go back to, which is instead of me saying a Ponzi scheme, what I'll say is growth is always going to have some challenges, you know, no matter what we do. But I think you mitigate a lot of this by ensuring this. I don't want to sit there and by planning, I don't want to sit there and beat the damn horse to death. Right. But at the same, it's like we have to move forward. But we need to have conversations, and it's not going to happen by, as I've said before, by throwing pot shots at one another and kind of, you know, and political season gets really bad. There's so many distractions come up, and then you never have the conversation you really want to have on how do we move forward. And so, see, the, you know, you, yeah. you hit the nail on the head. But see, local government in Volusia County, mm -hmm. and I, I'm saying this cart across the board, yeah, inclusiveness, asking people their thoughts, their yeah. feelings, right? Having charrettes, right? Yeah. Where we can start the planning process from the from the ground up, right? And and get buy-in mm -hmm. from constituents, right? It's almost non-existent. I think Deltona's going to do something with a charrette not to, in not, the not-too-distant future, good. I think. They were, they've been talking about it, the developer. When they watch their growth, <clears throat> and their growth uh, management folks, their, mm. their planning directors, get up to the podium, and they're like the best land-use attorney the developer never paid for. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I realize that state law preempts a lot yes. of what they can and cannot do. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, Dana right now would she be giving a side eye or she'd be giving me side eye right now. Right. Because she but hates some of the preemptions. But there is a lot that they can do. And yeah. one of the oh, things yeah. is asking the developer to contribute. Prime example, Deland is building on a waste dump, a <laughs> former golf course okay which is saturated with you know methyl ethyl bad shit for, okay for years okay it was the site of a former dump you're, you're familiar with no this? no no but and you're, they, you're, you're they, educating they, me right look, now <laughs> they went back and forth yeah uh, i think for over a year okay uh wendy anderson was very vocal about it okay okay uh, ultimately uh the developer agreed to do a very extensive cleanup Okay, okay. Of, uh, of all the bad shit in the soil. And if that's the case, as well, they should. Right. As well, they should. Yeah. Okay. And, but it doesn't hurt anyone to ask. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, you have very smart attorneys like Mark Watts mm -hmm. uh, who are going to advocate for their client. He's good. I, he is very <laughs> he's good. good. Look, uh, I've know, seen Mark a number of times yes. and he's good. <laughs> you know, he, he and I don't agree on a lot. Uh, I had a, a great few beers with him uh -huh. once and he educated me on a lot of things but uh, you know he's an advocate for his client yeah right and uh, i guess it's like playing cards they're not going to give you everything that you want but that's the art of negotiation and when these people 
the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker have been given this awesome responsibility mm. by their neighbors yeah. to look out for their interest. People are legitimately concerned about the health, not theirs, but their kids and their grandkids who are ultimately going to live on these things. Then they ask, what's next? Are we going to bulldoze cemeteries? Yeah. I mean, that's prime real estate. Yeah. Well, uh, there's there's enough of that. Maybe a few golf courses along the way too. I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a golfer, so for my golfing no, friends out no, there, they're, gonna, either, they're right. gonna sit there and go, "Eric, right. what are you doing?" <laughs> like, right. there's a couple of golf courses I like to take out. <laughs> just you know, but they had uh -oh. issues on another golf course over yeah. here where wells were testing positive for toxins. I'm a big believer that look, are the developers going to make as much money? No, but I believe that we look just in general, <clears throat> we should be holding them a little bit more accountable. Whatever, if it's paying an extra fee into a fund, but whether it be the city. money's relative, okay? They're, yeah. they're going to make money. Yeah, they're okay? going to make they money. They wouldn't be interested. Uh, in and if it's not them, trust me, there'll be somebody Someone. else who will right. be smart enough to That's figure right. out how to make money. So yes. if if the argument is, hey, we need to put quarter equal lots or, or zero lot lines now. They're not even quarter equal lots anymore. Right. If we're going to do zero lot lines, right? And, you know, and that's the only way we can make money. If they walk away from that project, I guarantee you there will be somebody, because in America, God bless America, we have a lot of geniuses who will figure out a way to make money off half acre lots and one acre lots right. in certain areas that maybe it's better for us to do that if it's because of the high density may have a, a, an adverse reaction to that to that area, correct? Right. Uh, like was the case possibly in Osteen, which I'm not a big fan of. Once again, um, to the, all the Osteen folks, uh, listen, I, I hear you, and, and I know that there is going to be some challenges moving forward as Volusia County grows, as Seminole County continues to figure out or to build, builders realize we really can't develop in Seminole anymore. Where else do we go? I will just say this is that, look, you know, do what you got to do. It's it's your right to to, to, to fight back. Um, that's, you know, the, the form of government that we have here in, in our country and here in Florida. But, but so, Eric, <clears throat> this, this idea that we hear repeatedly of, I don't know, a thousand people a day mm -hmm. moving into the state of Florida, maybe more, okay? That existing residents are somehow duty-bound mm -hmm. to accommodate these people it goes back to my argument of no vacancy. I, we're, listen, we're full yeah, right no, I, now. I, I, told, full. I know. I told Dana this before, and I said, look, we're not – we're not going to stop. Look, there's a reason why folks are coming to Florida, whether people agree or not. Uh, a lot of it is, God bless freedom, love in Florida. I, what I'll tell you is folks are coming down because they're getting tired of the, the, high, the, you know, the high tax states. They can't afford to live up there no more. So they're trying to find places to come. And for many, Florida's a natural progression because they already have family here and so forth and so on. So one of the things we got to figure out is, and you know, one of the things we got to figure out is how to accommodate a number of these individuals. Um, look, there's going to be an ebb and flow to these things in the economy. We know at some point in time, there's, if but, we're not already in a recession. I think that accommodation begins with having adequate transportation and utilities infrastructure. I would. I think so. Yeah, well, I would. Yeah, listen. I, I do think that we need to take a a, a holistic view. That's not on, happening overnight. Yeah, no, yeah. no, and I agree. I think we need to take a holistic view on where we're at with infrastructures in general. I do believe that we need to get to uh, a better place. And um, but I look. I on the way here, I passed. I, I don't know five strip centers, mm -hmm. most of which were half empty. Okay. Yeah. In East Volusia, on the beach side specifically where malignant blight is, you know, overtaken a yeah. lot of the core tourist area there. It's 
begging for infill. It's yes. begging for improvement. I listen, Mark, I agree that we need and to do more. there's money to be made there. I'm yeah. not a developer. Yeah. I, you know. I, I think there's money to be, I, I do agree that there's money to be made there. I think that, and, and, and not just about money being made there, but a way to change the, the, the kind of the, the, the look of the community right. to be a more a little more updated and so forth and so on. And um, I wanted to give you something because I want to transition sure. kind of a little hard transition to something sure. else. Not, I want to, I think we're running out of time. I think, guys, we got about, what, five more minutes, six more minutes, something like that. I wanted to give you a tip. I told you I was going to try and give you a little tidbit of something sure. that came up yes. in, in city, yes. city Commission that you would appreciate yeah. and then others who believe along the same uh, lines that you do. So this past week in City Commission, um, there was, as you know, Ian came through. And, you know, I've argued before, look, Ian's a 500-year storm. And, you know, we got to be very careful. And, look, as much as folks want to plan uh, on for some of these things, 500-year 500 500 storms I'm gonna are... I'm going to disagree with that to a degree. Okay. okay. You remember the flooding that we went through in 2009. Yeah. Before, but that was over like this. a three. That was like, like a one week right. period. It wasn't yes. like twenty four hours. Like what happened with Ian? Right. Like, okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, what I'm just not. What just saying is that look, I know the argument was made already out there about that, and I'll just say, look, you know, Ian was. What makes Ian unique beyond the large scale of the size of the storm was just the fact that it was so much happening within a 24-hour period. Okay. Whereas that storm, I do agree, it, it, it did expose some weaknesses. However, it was over a one-week period that we got, like I think, like 14 inches of rain or something like that, right? Um, but what I'll what I'll tell you, <laughs> what the, I think it was going to happen whether Ian was here or a, a, another hurricane that was not right. the size of Ian. Right. So there's a development happening on the north end of Deltona, and um, what they did was uh, what it ha what happened was there was some flooding that happened in the development, and so some of the commissioners were questioning. I think they wanted to know from the developer, okay, what are you going to do because we have residents that live in that area? What do we do to remove some of this water? What can be done, and so forth and so on. Anyways, so as I'm listening to this whole meeting going on, I'm realizing that number one, <clears throat> they have an area that's flooded that has no homes built yet. So one of the city commissioners, rightfully so, brought up, wait a minute, so you're going to tell me that that area you're going to put homes in? Uh, I got a problem with that because, you know, I, I, to me, consciously, how do we sell that in the future knowing that there's, sure. it's flooding or it's flooded already? I don't know who took that, if you guys took that into consideration or not. And if you did, then somebody screwed up, right? And then two, then there was conversation around, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, our goal is to bring everything to grade. Well, a lot of those homes in our area are not to grade. Where do you right. think the water's going to go? Right. And so then you see a bunch of other commissioners kind of shaking their heads going, well, wait a minute. And to listen, I'll give you guys, I'll give folks this much. I don't want to say you guys, but I'll give yeah. folks this much. This goes back to the conversation that you said, I, you heard planning come from me a number of times, right. which is the fact that we need to plan, hold the developers accountable because the reality is this, is that they'll come in, they'll develop, and then they're gone. I'm not saying I'm anti them, but I want them to know we're going to hold you guys accountable and watch. And so that means come to these meetings prepared, be prepared to ask questions and don't just dismiss it. And that means that we have to have more natural vegetation, whatever it is you guys, whatever right. city commissioners want, they hold the power. To hold them at bay to say, hey, this is what we want, extra. And I think that we need to do that more often. And I, I would agree that we probably don't do that enough. And I hope moving forward as part of this conversation, not just here in Volusia, but other parts of the state, that we start to hold them a little more accountable. I want them to build. Because I, I don't want to be in an area that's stagnant and then I have no downtown or I have nothing to kind of go, oh, my God, you know, I got to move someplace else because I want to see something. I, that's who we are as Americans. We're just constantly moving forward. We're progressing. Right. But I do we, we just need to be very careful. I don't know if you know, the way that chairman's doing a lot of times i have disagreements with him on that and i've been a little critical but i just i want us to get to a better place where you and i and others can have these conversations about this and folks out there can listen and yeah, make their I, own determination I, I can't speak for jeff brower yeah. okay uh, <sighs> but i i can tell you that as you know eric in politics the pendulum always swings. yes and i think 
existing residents mm-hmm. uh, are ripe for that pendulum to swing mm-hmm. and at least put some common sense regulation in place to tap the brakes okay. and to say that, you know, we're uh, Ian showed us a lot, yeah. okay? And I don't want to sound uh, flippant because there's a lot of people in this community that are still suffering. Yes, they still are. Still have water in their I lungs. agree 100% they are. Uh, some people will never recover from this financially. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, that is the tragedy of these storms. And the reality yeah. is that we could have another one next week. Okay. Uh, and I think when you talk about planning, you're absolutely spot on. It has to change. We yeah. have to evolve into a smart development, yes. into a low impact scenario where water is physically contained on the property mm-hmm. where it's not dispersed into surrounding yeah. areas right yeah. uh, where if we pump here it's going to directly affect someone downriver, right yep. uh, and that takes a comprehensive view when we talk about comp plans yeah. and master plans and then we amend it at every public meeting of every municipality in the county Week in and week out. Right? I would say that the city commissioners and county council, county commissioners, wherever you're at in the state of Florida, I would say just be mindful of that stuff um, and be careful that I was going to leave it this way. Don't leave future folks with their hands tied right. because but we I, didn't take I, the I time to you, plan the people properly. People that should yeah. be listening to this yeah. are incumbent politicians, okay, that are sitting back and going, you know, uh, I'm. Uh, my I, party happens to be in power. I right think now. So, I think some are listening, and I think I'm hoping that some of them take this some of this into consideration, especially right. with the tidbit that I gave you here on one of these developments that's not 100 percent right. done yet. And it did whether, whether it be this storm or another storm, it would have exposed some weaknesses there. And I think and the developer had to go back to the table, and I told you they're doing a continuance of the seventh because even some commissioners who would you would argue are a little bit more pro development right. were kind of going, well, wait, let's pump the brakes on this one. So well, you know, even locally here, we're looking at now we have the establishment candidates. Mm. And we have the grassroots candidates, yeah. and it is all separated by development. Yeah, it's a, it's okay. a, listen, it's a big issue. You know, Mark, we got to start wrapping up, but it's a all big right. issue. I want to continue. We're definitely going to continue the conversation. Absolutely. So please, Mark, you know, pay attention to some of the candidates or, or just other I, elected I officials that come up. I um, and to some of your followers, please, if you follow Mark Barker, please, you know, uh, follow consider following us as well too. We, you know, Mark and I may not always one hundred percent agree, even with Dana. When and, and you know, we'll, Dana will be back next week. Um, but it's part of that conversation we want to continue to Absolutely. have. Absolutely, and this is one of the best public affairs programs yeah. out there, uh, Eric. I'm not blowing. No, I appreciate it. No. uh, And I watch a lot of this kind of thing. I want to, yeah, I want to, we want to definitely continue it on. So Mark, real quick, we'll get about 30 seconds. Anything you want to, anyone you want to recognize or any heroes you want to try to recognize? You know, there's, there's so many, and I wrote about it today. There are Uh so many, what I call hometown heroes on both sides of the Palmetto curtain. Yeah. Uh, Folks that are just out there, uh, you know, giving of themselves their time, their sweat, helping people that can't help themselves right now. Uh, I know that uh, there's, there's some Deltona city commissioners yep. who took time to feed people in, yes. the, in I think it was the Osteen area yeah. that were heavily impacted. Uh, look for, for no political gain. Mm-hmm. This was purely humanitarian. Yeah. My hat's off to those folks. I appreciate it. And, um, and again, my heart is out to everyone who is still dealing. So with we want to give a shout out to all the hometown heroes here in Volusia County, wherever you are, please. Um, you all deserve it. Um, it. We know you're still going through some trying times. And if you can and, help and your neighbor. You know, to, to my old profession, there are a lot of first responders who were terribly 
affected by this yeah. who were out there immediately after the storm. I agree. Literally rescuing people from high water. Uh, so, again, my hat, yeah, my hat's off to everyone. True heroes. Yes, they are. True heroes. Even the residents who are helping out their neighbors as best they can. Right. So, um, folks, we're going to wrap this up. We want to thank you. Um, Dana's going to be back next week. And as Gonzo announced earlier, we'll have, uh, be, you know, stay tuned because we'll have uh, Jake Johansson and Victor Ramos on uh, next week. Um, probably give a slight little different perspective and yeah. we'll go round and round with them as well too. Thanks for having Mark, a cocktail no. with me. Oh yeah, no, thank it. you very much, Mark. Appreciate it. And as you know, you'll be welcome back in the future. I appreciate it. And uh, once again, folks, as they know, it's like to say, it likes to say, if it's important to you, it's important to us. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Thank you. The Smoking Truth Podcast, its owners and sponsors take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the talk show host or their guests. Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of Mike and Mike Productions or the podcast providers and opinions between talk show hosts may differ. It is not our intent to libel, incite, or hurt anyone's feelings. We invite you to write the show's host, Dana McCool, with any feedback or suggestions you have for their shows. These broadcasts are presented and made public as entertainment in the hope that they will be entertaining to the audience.